You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Hello, and welcome to Triviality, the game, Jeff, where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. I was not expecting that much enthusiasm, but Mm. I appreciate it. You know, I'm trying to bring it today. Bring the enthusiasm. Ken's got his Dolores energy today. Act like I want to be here. Yeah, right. You do want to (laughs) act like you want to be here. I wonder why. I'm a little put out to be here, to be honest. (laughs) Why is that, Ken? We had had a bit of a negative review, which is okay. We get get a few of those. Um, We just appreciate the reviews. We appreciate the reviews and, uh, you know, constructive criticism. That's fine. Um, But uh, it was said that maybe we add to the, like, doldrums of... The whole trivia aspect a little bit. We do not elevate the trivia. We don't elevate the trivia. Mm-hmm. But we were kind of discussing what the very core of trivia was, you know, in, in de- right. determining how we might improve. And we said, well, trivia is trivial by nature and trivial by mm-hmm. nurture, right? Yeah, well, so we, we got to figure gonna it be out. The, yeah. yeah. Those are going to be the two team names today. But I, I think so, too. But before we, we break into teams, we have a couple people to introduce. Very excited. Yes, very excited to have these people here, Ken. Uh, the first one is the skin doctor. I believe we've we've mentioned it before. It, I think that's a trademarked term the as well. Yeah. The skin doctor. It's and on that is his what, business cards. That, that is the official, the official uh, what, what would you call it, title. Official, a, yeah, title. There's yeah. no PhD. It's just the, the skin doctor. <laughs> MD? MD, I guess. So I there, there is an MD involved. In All right. Yeah. And that voice you're hearing, the skin doctor, is Chris Scholes. Uh, Welcome to the show. You're a rules guy impersonator, and we appreciate that. And I believe you're from Boise, Idaho, right? I am from Twin Falls, Idaho. Twin Falls. Is that anywhere near Boise? That is 120 miles so no. southeast of Boise. <laughs> so not it's actually in Twin Idaho. Falls. It's one Idaho. of two cities in Idaho. The the information I have on my sheet here is is faulty. Never oh. never heard of Pocatello or Coeur d'Alene or Sun Valley. No. Okay. <laughs> well, now you now you have. <laughs> Well, tell us a little bit more about yourself besides being a skin I was doctor. Like, now that Ken has reduced you to just your profession. Exactly. That's all. That's all. Well, if you look at my email, it's skin guy. The skin so guy. So I'm, I'm leaning in. I'm leaning in as hard as I can. The skin guy was already taken, but that was a different profession entirely, I'm pretty sure. Right <laughs> I was going to say, I, I tried to look up his services once and got blocked on my work computer. <laughs> I believe that was the lead performer from the, you can bleep it. 
puppetry of the penis. <laughs> I don't have to bleep that. Okay. So yeah, the puppetry of the penis. It's, just, it's not. It's not inherently dirty. Just don't look it up if you don't want yeah. to see some penis. They had a Vegas. Uh, what's it called? Review. When you have a, yeah, Vegas mm-hmm. review. Yeah. Probably don't look it up. It was that Tommy Lee thing, right? Is that what we're talking about? That's pretty <laughs> much it. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, uh, Matt doesn't know towns in Idaho, and I don't know anything about puppetry of the penis. I'm not sure who comes out of this idea. Yeah, I don't know anything about it either, right, Chris? Right? <laughs> yeah, but, wink, uh, wink, nod, nod. But thank you so much for joining us. You're uh, bringing the game to us today uh, as host. Uh, we need another player, though, and that is Mark Grenier. Is it Grenier or Grenier? You can say it however you'd like. There's probably I'm going to say it Grenier. That's totally fine. I'll say it however uh, you want us to yeah, say. Right. <laughs> and uh, you are an Oakland Five supporter from New Hampshire. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Yeah, I am live in Barrington, New Hampshire, uh, about an hour north of Boston. Um, not Boise, New Hampshire. No, not Boise. Uh, I don't think there is a Boise, New Hampshire, to be honest. Um, so Where all yeah, the football fields to... are bright blue. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's only in Idaho. The luscious potato uh, fields of Boston. But tell exactly. us a little bit about yourself, if you please. So, yeah, I'm a civil engineer here. Um, I have a wife and two teenage daughters. Um, we travel around New England for club volleyball tournaments and, and high school volleyball and outdoor track and field is getting ready to get started. So, um, yeah, looking forward to uh, playing today and trying to answer some normal trivia. Uh, been on the bench warmers and sports trivia face off. So, I'm pretty well versed in the sports trivia, but um, playing with Neil today, it's going to be my TikTok, YouTube, meme, <laughs> things things that I know nothing about, um, crutch, hopefully. So cool. um, look forward to the game. Speaking of crutches, I'm going to be playing with uh, Jeff here. Wow. And uh, I think we're going to be trivia by nature, right? Okay. So that means that we'll be trivial by nurture. Yeah, that's right. All right. And uh, Mark is also a member of our uh, footy club, uh, Benchwarmers Footy Fanatics, and he just uh, pledges allegiance to the Western Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. Mistake. That's Kenneth right. Swans to the end. Yes. It's Cradle a- to the grave. AFL season again is upon us, so get ready to hear a whole bunch about it, even if you don't care, which is most of you. Yeah, write us a review that, that even if you don't care, you love the show. Um, and before we play, we got to get some rules, and we have special rules from our host, Chris, and uh, we'll roll those now. How do you play Triviality? Listen up and I'll tell you. You start with 10 questions worth 10 points each. Then you've got a special swing round designed by the host. Then you've got another 10 questions worth 10 points each. At the end, there's a final round where teams can bet up to 30 points on each of five questions. You add up the points because you know what you're going for. The chance to be today's cream of the crop. I am the cream! Yeah, as a rules guy impersonator, you can do that too. Anybody who's a rules guy impersonator out there, send us some rules. Oh, yeah, and speaking of that, uh, Ken would like some more cream of the crop drops. Right, so, so any any yeah. segment of that macho man that you want to do an impression of or switch it up a little bit, send them in. That's yep. anybody, right? Just just anybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Trivialitypodcast at gmail.com. Record them, send them over, and we'll throw them in the episodes. Or even let us know and we can help you record them. That's true. We can. We have a service for that. We come to your house with the Best Buy technicians with a TV. We well, install no. the TV. Well, no. No, the no, Geek no. Squad. The Geek Squad. The Geek Squad. <laughs> but without further ado, let's jump on in, shall we? Okay. Question number one. Would it all fit in Papa's suitcase? The two largest bank robberies in history with around $1.2 billion, that's with a B, dollars stolen between the two, 
Both happened in the same city. That city is not in the United States. One was in 2003. The other was in 2007. Which city? One of those robberies was actually perpetrated by the titular leader of the country. Yeah, I had a feeling. Okay, so that seemed to help, Jeff. Go ahead and lock in if you know. Uh, I just don't. have a guess, yeah. All right, we're locked in. I was initially thinking London, but I don't think that the Queen would have <laughs> <laughs> perpetuated a robbery. Um, well, no one would suspect her. I know. That's yeah, why she, when she's in the Italian job, it's so unexpected because she's the British <laughs> Queen. <laughs> exactly. And then, I mean, I think banking, I think Switzerland. Um, Do you think it's like... Um, Colombia or somewhere in that region, possibly. Yeah, I don't, we can maybe go like Columbia, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, Colombia, or do you like? Well, yeah, I mean, do you, you want to go Colombia then? I guess. Yeah, we'll do that. Okay, just a good. It answer. is asking for a city. Oh, a city. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Uh, what's a city in Colombia, Mark? Yeah, Bogota. Bogota. Okay. Bogota. Um, yeah, we also guessed in South America. We said Caracas, Venezuela. Okay, we've got Caracas, Venezuela, and Bogota, Colombia. I ask if it would all fit in Papa's suitcase, which would be Dad's bag. It is Baghdad. And Saddam Hussein was uh, the beneficiary of one of those. That would make Hmm. sense. I was wondering where that reference was going to come in, and there it was. Okay, so off to a hot start. Question number two, not so fast. On May 1st, 1991, Ricky Henderson broke Lou Brock's all-time career stolen base record, stealing his 939th base. On many broadcasts that night, however, that feat was not even the top baseball story. Who pitched a no-hitter on the same day, stealing Ricky Henderson's thunder? Name a pitcher. Cy Young. I I think we can lock in, Neil. In 1991? Okay, I trust you. I have no idea. How are we going to do this? Randy Johnson. Fine. Done. All right, you you locked in for us, Mark. My first thought, the easy thought, which I'm sure is wrong, was Nolan Ryan, but you locked us in. That's yeah. I, it it could be Nolan Ryan, but I think I think this is about the time that um, my thought was Jim Abbott because um, he only had one hand, um, so that's why I locked in with Jim Abbott. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should have listened to your partner. The reason that it was the top <laughs> the top story on the news is that was no hitter number seven. That was the by three, the all-time mm. lead and in, in no hitters pitched. And Ricky Henderson got on a microphone and was dancing around, yelling about how he was the best, he was the best of all time, and interviewed Nolan Ryan and said, Man, I was tired out there, but my catcher called a great game. He was just <laughs> incredibly humble humble. So it was kind of nice to see the the humble guy get it. So I tried to hit somebody else's strike, so now I'm getting into my own. Question number three is work follows me home. I hate that. So at work as a dermatologist, I saw a patient with multiple pruritic papules, and I considered diagnoses such as scabies or eczema. If I describe a lesion as pruritic, what characteristic does it have? All right. I think we're going to lock in with a guess here. We're, I don't think we, we're sufferers, but um, well, we'll take a guess. Mark, what do you know about uh, pruritic papules? <laughs> uh, I think, thankfully, not much, but... Um... Scabies, so my, eczema. My, I don't, what do you uh, think? My gut, just if, if Nolan Ryan's any um, indication, <laughs> if my like gut is working tonight, which often it is often not, um, he said eczema and scabies, correct? Yes. Which I believe are both itchy uh, things that you deal with, things that are itchy. 
because people with eczema are always itching and that's what they need the cream for and the medicine and a pap pool is something i'm i think is raised i'm not sure but maybe it's yeah. raised and it's itchy so itchy is the only thing i can come up with yep i was thinking you know raised but i think that's the papule part as well so i'm um, i'm fine with locking it with itchy okay similarly but uh we're going with redness the redness okay with red well dermatologists like to speak in in weird language and a papule is something that's raised from the skin and if it's a pruritic papule that means it's itchy wow nice nice call all right, Neil, so, I'm just going to, I'm going to be quiet for the rest of the show and <laughs> Neil, you can just answer for us. That'd be great. It's going to run out. Trust me. <laughs> I just know a little, little bit about the skin. I'm not the skin doctor level, but I'm sort of like a skin apprentice. <laughs> that, that's, that is, that's coming up this fall on Fox. <laughs> What's the skin apprentice? Uh, Chris, and on Pornhub. <laughs> <laughs> different shows though. very different chris what's the uh sort of the apprentice uh carryover of your fire would it be like you're popped or what would it be <laughs> you're, you're excised you're excised, yeah. you're excised. <laughs> let, let me get back to you on that one you've please been re- don't you've been actually referred... we'll leave it <laughs> i referred you to someone i don't like very much so okay it's itchy uh question number four all but one the most widely ratified human rights treaty in history is the United Nations Convention of the Rights of the Child. As of 2014, only three countries had not ratified this treaty. Two of those countries ratified the treaty in 2015. What is the only United Nations member country which is a signatory to that, to that treaty that has not ratified the treaty? Okay, we're going to go ahead and lock in here. I mean, think that it's a place that has very uh, poorly enforced child labor laws. Um, right. So uh, thinking Southeast Asia, uh, China, per- perhaps. Um, China, yeah. What about North Korea? But they're not part of the UN, are they? I don't. Yeah, I don't think they're a part of the UN. Um, so I don't know. I think my gut would be a China, but I don't know if you have what your gut is saying because your gut has been better than mine so far. Uh, my gut is uh, allergic to geography. So, um, yeah, let's go with your gut on this one. It's a lot of gut talk. <laughs> Just thinking outside the box. Don't we're, know if it's we're right. not exactly sure what the contents of this we is. Haven't, we haven't <laughs> been doing very good. So my first <laughs> guess, we just said, nah, that seems too obvious. So we're going to go with the U.S. Oh. I think it's one of those outlier situations, perhaps. Okay, so we've got one China and one United States. The last three presidents have promised to bring this up for ratification in the United States, but none has done it. Hmm. It is the United States. Wow. <laughs> good, good thinking on that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I hire and any 10-year-old to work in my coffee shop. I well, the, the kind of the, the thought is that it would be, let a foreign entity interfere with how things do in the United States, and supposedly we do have all those precautions in place. It'll mm-hmm. make things supposedly. better or something like that. Yeah. So anyway, good job. Number five, investigating vocabulary. In traditional detective fiction, the plot generally centers around who committed a particular crime. This is the classic whodunit. A different spin on this idea is when the reader or audience is allowed to see the commission of the crime, then watch as the detective works to solve the case. What term is used for that style of mystery? And that term follows 
the pattern of the word whodunit. Like how's he solve it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine with a how's he solve it. Right, we'll, we'll do a how's he solve it. How's he solve it? See? Um, so I, I love detective novels, uh, Mark. I read like one a week. Uh, I've never heard this term before. Um, first, I was thinking puzzle box mystery, um, but uh, I don't think it doesn't follow the pattern of whodunit. And I've read novels just like this, but I, I just didn't know there's a term. So initially, I'm thinking if it's in the same pattern, maybe it's a how done it because you're trying to figure out how it was done, not who did it. Um, but I'm not sure what you're thinking on this one. I'm notoriously bad at literature. Um, probably the worst thing I'm the worst at. So um, I was trying to think of something along those same lines, you know, uh, like a he did it or, <laughs> but the, or, um, yeah, but whatever i think what you had there sounds good to me okay we will reluctantly lock in how done it and we'll say so, uh how how'd they solve it <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what we're how'd going to do that <laughs> well the the classic in this actually isn't uh, a book it's a tv series this is columbo oh this is where everybody's in on mm-hmm. what happened and then how does he figure out everything and that's actually termed a how catch him. Ah. Mm. Do you have one more thing to tell us? <laughs> Just one more thing. <laughs> that's uh, Ash's cousin in Pokemon. Yeah, right? we all love Howie. <laughs> we love how we catch him. <laughs> <laughs> well, after five questions in the battle of nature versus nurture, it looks like it's all tied up ten to ten. So we don't know yet, but we will solve this. A how done them <laughs> at the end of this game. I don't know what a barn burner is, but yeah. I think this is not that. No. Here, here's, Whoa, a question. The here's a question for the host, a quick one. Do you know who directed sure. the first episode of Columbo, setting it uh, on its path to success? McG. <laughs> not McG. <laughs> I don't. That'd be a young Steven Spielberg. I was going to guess. It had to be Did a Spielberg. Really? Yeah. I just... Yeah, Peter Peter Falk is just one of the all timers, for sure. Since Neil was lauding the fact that they set it on the right course, I was like, "Oh, it's it's Spielberg." Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind; he's just doing this to flex. That's 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 insider trading, though. You you have that one already said. <laughs> is so, okay. it insider trading if everybody knows Neil's affinity? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Question number six: The original celebrated mints. What two word descriptor is prominently featured on Altoids tins? Freaky Fresh. (laughs) (laughs) Not that. It's Jimmy John's. Okay, we're going to go ahead and lock in. I think I remember some sort of ad campaign with this. I I can see the container, Mark. I'm not sure what's on it. Do you have any idea? Yep. Nope, I don't. Uh, I can also (laughs) see the little metal container with the flip top. Um, It's nothing like Alpine Fresh. I think that that might be like um, the other one. Yeah, maybe that is fine. <laughs> um, it's also not drink. something you should put in your mouth. Um, yeah, or like always fresh or something. I like always fresh. I mean, that's simple, but I mean, they always are fresh. So it's true. All right, I'll lock in with that. All right. All right. Yeah, I think I remember something with, with this in a uh, ad campaign. I'm not a, a frequent buyer of Altoids, but I came up with Curiously Strong. Altoids are the original celebrated Curiously Strong Mints. So good job. Points to one team. As soon as you said that, I was like, yep. (laughs) 
<laughs> that's what it is. I like the. It's not. I, I'm calling it Ice Mountain right now, but that's incorrect because that's the water. But the <laughs> the ones that icebreakers, icebreakers, yeah, with the the little circle and they it's shake. The flavor cooling no crystals reason. or whatever. Yeah. Cooling crystals. That's yeah. what I want. I wanted the yeah. the Listerine patches that reminded you of another thing. Oh yeah, yeah, like that the Beatles took mm-hmm. Listerine patches. Mm-hmm. Lakeshore Drive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they for a little while they actually had Altoids curiously strong ginger. Yeah, candies, ah, Ken. Which were were very good. I said Ken's name because he likes ginger. That's why I do like ginger. Yeah. There you go. He's not a Marianne type of and guy. And gingers. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's on your Tinder profile for, for gingers. Curiously strong. <laughs> I like curiously strong gingers. That kind of limits things, I think. Oh boy, all that's getting cut. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> When when Neil uh, asked me to write a game, he mentioned that the a possible guest was a professional poker player. So I had to put one poker question in here. So this is my carefully targeted poker question. Two poker legends have won the World Series of Poker main event three times. One man won in 1970, 71, and 74. He was part of the inaugural class inducted into the Poker Hall of Fame. The other won in 1980, 1981, and 1997. There was a movie made about his life in 2003 titled High Roller. Okay? Name either. And for bonus points, there are two other men who won back-to-back main event titles but didn't ever win a third. Two bonus points if you can name either of those. I have a guess for the bonus, but I don't know who the... Okay. We're locked in with Arnold Schwarzenegger. (laughs) Do you know this one, Mark? I think um, so. Uh, um, the name for the the guy who had the movie made about made about him is Stewie. I think it's Ullman is his last name. Um, the guys who won it back to back but didn't win a third. I am pretty sure that Johnny Chan is one of them. Oh yeah, and the guy from Rounders <clears throat> um, that Mike McDee is playing against uh, in Vegas. Um, Oh, Phil. Maybe, is it maybe Phil it's Atlantic or... City. There's Phil Helmuth. Phil Helmuth as well. I don't. Yeah. He might. Mm, did he give the years for the back-to-back ones? Or no? No, nope. I did not. No, <laughs> no I gave okay. the years for the, the three timers. Yes. I, the, so Allman the three, is your is your Allman regular is, answer, right? Is the regular answer, and I think Johnny Chan and, and mm, yeah, we'll go with Phil Helmuth for the bonus. And we're sticking with Arnold Schwarzenegger, and you had a guess for the... Yeah, we'll say Negranu, okay. although I don't know if he did. Okay. Um, the two that won it three times, initially uh, winning the first two is Johnny Moss, who's sort of arguably the best poker player in history. And I'm going to give you credit. His name is Stewie Unger, not Ullman. Unger, yep. That's, <laughs> that's, that's close enough. I will give you that. Um, and then the two who won it back to back, but didn't get a third were Doyle Brunson and Johnny Chan. Oh, so that's, so you get the, the 10 points plus the two bonus points. Okay. Uh, question number eight, let's talk small for those places, not yet metropolitan. What term is used to refer to an urban area with a population of at least 10,000, but less than 50,000. A municipality is probably too small. It's probably just another name for a certain type of town, right? 
I would think that a municipality is a general, the general term for a town. Yeah, I'm trying to think of another term. Should we just make up a word, or do you want to just go Neapolitan? Yeah, Neapolitan sounds good. It's as good as anything. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we live in places that are usually labeled towns and villages, right? Like the village of Lagrange, the village of Brookfield, and I think we fall into that that range, right? Yeah. Would you want to go town or village? Town. Because I think it's like the town of Western Springs, right? And that's a little bigger. I don't know. Whatever. Flip the coin. We'll yeah. go with village. Okay. We've got village and Neapolitan. Um, the the hint that, that you guys didn't take is that it follows the same word pattern as metropolitan. And if it's smaller than metropolitan, it might be Minipolitan? Micro, micropolitan. Oh. So Neo, Neapolitan was good. Um you you get uh, no, one wasn't. one fake point one fake point one, good for high five scoop. but that was it. Would would New York City be Neapolitan? <laughs> one ice cream scoop, but be. only strawberry. What's the what's the point? So okay, question number nine. At the beginning, what television show's theme, which is also a popular single, includes the lyrics "The oceans and Pangea, see ya, wouldn't wanna be ya." Oh, that makes perfect sense, actually. All right, we're going to lock in. Neil, do you have any idea? <laughs> um, not really. I mean, I don't think it's in the Big Bang Theory theme song. I don't think that was a single. I mean, that was the one I was thinking of initially because uh, it sounds like something a bare naked lady would sing. Um, Specifically, Ed Robertson. Just one of them. This one, bare naked lady. Oceans in Pangea. See, I'm just trying to think of shows that had theme songs that were popular. I mean... Um, recently i can't really i mean friends but that's yeah, not in there comes it's after the clapping, yeah, it's... right yeah <laughs> um and in the, the beginning i'll be there for you when the rain starts to fall on pangea mm-hmm. that's how it goes <laughs> the beginning i'm not too sure of as a hint either um yeah i think i think it's probably some sort of comedy but i just don't i just don't know we're gonna go with uh, the dick van dyke show that sounds great <laughs> great theme song to that one there you go uh we are going with uh big bang theory uh it's Bare Naked Lady song, and it does sound like something a bare naked lady would sing. So, yeah. Well, what comes at the beginning? <sighs> the ocean's in Pangea, so you wouldn't want to be a set in motion by the same Big, Big Bang. Bang. I should exactly a bare naked lady song. Yeah, you, I, you said the answer, and then spent six minutes yeah. talking yourself out of it. <laughs> I should have gone with my gut, uh, Mark. Yes. I'm sorry. Have we learned yes. nothing, Neil? Yes. <laughs> You know, we're we're. I don't know if we're going forward or backward because the last time I hosted, it was all about Matt's Reservoir of Genius. Mm. And now we get Neil's gut. That's true. <laughs> we're working our way up the digestive system. Yeah. <laughs> so Ken's stomach, you're up for the next yeah. time. Mm-hmm. So okay, uh, shout out for the bare naked ladies. Question number ten: The times they are a changing. There are six states in the United States that were majority minority in July 2019. That means these states had a non-Hispanic white population of less than 50%, according to census data. Hawaii has never had a white white majority. So that leaves five other states for two points each. Name the other five. All right. I think we're locked in. We'll just guess those. Texas, Arizona, which have, you know, higher Latino population. 
I was thinking number one so, would be yeah, California. Are, you think? Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, just because of the proximity to the border. Uh, same with I, Texas, I, I thought too, but I mean, that's a big state. Um, but I, those, I wrote down California, Texas, Georgia, Alaska, but I did like, you threw some good ones out too. So, okay. California, Texas, Georgia. I don't know if Arizona. I like I that one. To, I haven't been to Arizona in a long time. I'm not, not totally sure about the demographics there. And then, so how many is that? Four? Four. Yeah. Yep. We could go New Mexico too. Um, yep. That would be five. I mean, California, yep. Texas, Georgia. I liked Arizona that you brought up. And then do you want to go uh, New Mexico? I was thinking New Mexico and Mississippi. And we locked in with Arizona, California, Florida, New Mexico, and Texas. Okay. Your list of five is California, Nevada, New Mexico, Texas, and Maryland. Oh, wow. So by my count, each of you got three rights, so six points to each team. Very good. All right, after the first round in the battle of nature versus nurture, Jeff and Ken, Team Nature, coming up in the lead, uh, 36 points. Obviously, the genetic material is superior here. Uh, nurture falling behind with Mark and Neil, only 28 points, but there's a swing round and a second round, so we'll see what happens. Okay, for your swing round, we're going to do last lines. So name the book, TV series, movie, poem, or other cultural touch, excuse me, cultural touchstone to end with the following lines. I'll give you the line and the category that it comes from. Okay, does that make sense? Yep. Okay, number one, from television. Sorry, we're closed. Number two, from the movie, it was beauty killed the beast. Number three, literature. Well, I'm back. Number four, poetry, and the Momrath's Outgrabe. Number five, television. There's a lot of beauty in ordinary things. Isn't that kind of the point? Number six, movie, the stuff that dreams are made of. Number seven, music, any way the wind blows. Number eight is movie or book, after all, Tomorrow is another day. Number nine, from literature, the creatures outside looked from pig to man and from man to pig and from pig to man again, but already it was impossible to say which was which. Number 10, poetry, in her tomb by the sounding sea. And number 11, for a potential bonus five points, and all I'm going to give you is let's go exploring. All right. We'll think about these and we'll be right back. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. 
We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Or she, call the police. Or call the police, like she should have, exactly. <laughs> What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. And we are back with our answers. Let's get the quotes one more time and see if we can suss these out. Okay. Number one is from television. Sorry, we're closed. Well, we didn't know for sure, but uh, if it's uh, focused around an establishment, the most popular choice would be Cheers. Yeah, we also were pretty sure on this one and said Cheers. And the answer is Cheers. Mm. And the cool tidbit is when Sam is closing the bar, he adjusts a picture, and it's the picture of the actor that played coach. And you just see a silhouette at the door knocking, and Sam says, sorry, we're closed. And that's the end of the series. Number two, from the movie, It Was Beauty Killed the Beast. Yeah, this one took me a little too long, but we figured out it was King Kong. Yeah, often uh, misquoted, uh, we said King Kong. It is King Kong. Number three, from literature. Well, I'm back. Yep. Uh, I should know this because it's also in a movie, but we went with Lord of the Rings. Yeah, we weren't too sure on this one, but uh, there's a guy who traveled around and presumably came back. So we said Gulliver's Travels. And it's the full quote is something like, you know, Sam went in and gathered little Rose on his lap and looked at his wife and said, well, I'm back. It's The Return of the King or The Lord of the Rings. Mm. Yep. Okay. And poetry. And the Momraths Outgrabe. Luckily, me and Jeff read this nonsense in ninth grade English. The same English class. Yeah. As we gired and gimbled in the wabe. Yep. The Jabberwocky. Uh, yeah. Uh, Mark and I were not in the same English class um, sending love <laughs> notes back and forth. So uh, we just knew it was an epic poem, possibly. So we said Beowulf. Uh, beware the Jabberwock, my son. It's Jabberwocky. I always thought Ken had the shapeliest back of head. <laughs> <laughs> it was adorned with hair at the time. It was. Very, very luscious hair, uh, if I might add. Thank you. Okay, number five is from television. There's a lot of beauty in ordinary things. Isn't that kind of the point? Matt, I, th- I hope you got this one. I thought maybe this was Scrubs. Jeff corrected me and said... Mm. The Office. 
Mm. Yeah, pretty, we'll sure Pam, orifice. pretty sure <laughs> Pam is the one talking about the old orifice here. This is another another one that Neil and I were not sure of. Uh, we said mash. Nope, it is the office. Number six from a movie: the stuff that dreams are made of. Yeah, this one was a little frustrating. I almost feel like it's very old and like old Hollywood and maybe even about Hollywood. Um, but we couldn't think of it and we ended up going with Field of Dreams. Uh, this one's one of my favorite uh, film noirs. I'm pretty sure Sydney Green Street says it at the end. We said Maltese Falcon. Mm, yep. It is the Maltese Falcon. Number seven from music Any Way the Wind Blows. Bohemian Rhapsody, of course. Yep, we also said Bohemian Rhapsody. One of the all-time greats. Number eight, uh, from the movie or book, After All, Tomorrow is Another Day. Uh, we went with Gone with the Wind. After some discussion, we also landed on Gone with the Wind. And the answer is Gone with the Wind. And in literature, the creatures outside looked from pig to man and from man to pig and from pig to man again. But already it was impossible to say which was which. And then back at Man Bear Pig. <laughs> uh, we weren't too sure on this one, but with all the pig mentions, uh, we went with Animal Farm. Yeah, likewise, we weren't too sure either, but with all the pig mentions, we said Animal Farm as well. Apparently the trick is, if there are a lot of pig mentions, the answer must be Animal Farm. Yay! <laughs> Number 10 is Poetry in Her Tomb by the Sounding Sea. Uh, we said this was Poe. Uh, Annabelle Lee. Ah, okay. Ken was trying to make us or make our sniff, not our sniff, make our smell. What's the phrase? Snouts? <laughs> no, no, the no. Uh, pig talk again. <laughs> Push us off our scent is what I was oh, going, trying to go for. No, uh, I didn't. I said, I said, you're like, wrote... Poe didn't write about no, females, no. dead, dead women. He was, yeah, it was very much sarcasm. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so yeah, we didn't know which Poe it was. We just picked one. We said a telltale heart. It starts out, I was a child and she was a child. Uh, it's Annabelle Lee. Hmm. And number 11, the bonus is Let's Go Exploring. We said Dora the Explorer because we had something to. tells me from this list that we're maybe a little amiss. <laughs> yeah, we had no idea either, really. So uh, our answer was also Dora the Explorer. <laughs> well, the, the full quote would be, I believe, it's a big world, old buddy. Let's go exploring. And that's the final panel of Calvin and Hobbes. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Definitely not of mice and men, that's for sure. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not of mice and men. All right. After the swing round, the round, the scores have been swinged. Uh, Ken and Jeff taking a very big lead with 81 points. Uh, Mark and Neil and Team Nurture having some uh, comeback, hopefully, in the second round. They only have 58 points, but let's go to the second round. Okay. I'm, I'm feeling a little better about uh, not writing an impossible game here. So, question number one is not just a sideman. Which artist leads the Grammy nominations for 2022 this year with 11? This is three more than Justin Bieber and her. This includes nominations for Record of the Year, Album of the Year for the album We Are, and Score Soundtrack for Visual Media. And a quick hint on this one is this artist is better known as a TV personality than recording artist. I'm okay with that. That is not a terrible answer. All right, we are locked in. Do you have any ideas on this one? I do not. I have I have a my OQL trivia teammate Nick Sellers. Um, when we when there's 
pop music questions that are read during our games, I just start to tune out um, because Nick is all about the pop music and everything. Um, so yeah, I'm thinking. Neil only knows my... dirty pop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking it's somebody who is on a Bieber track or a track with her, um, which I should know because I have teenage daughters and that's the music that gets played in the car when Taylor Swift isn't on. Okay, we talked about it. Uh, we, we don't feel very confident, but uh, we think this maybe is Anderson Pock. And who is that? And he's uh, on the Silk Sonic album with uh, Bruno Mars. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we think this is a TV personality, uh, maybe somebody on a late night show, and uh, maybe uh, oh. Jimmy Fallon's uh, buddy, Questlove, who Ooh. also directed a documentary this year. You're on the right track. I think it's uh, John Bastian of oh, Stephen Colbert. Oh, yeah, because he did the John music Baptiste. for for uh, the Soul. Yeah, John Soul. Baptiste. For John, Soul. John Baptiste. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Let's see. Let's see what happens. Uh, the uh, the score soundtrack for visual media is for the soundtrack to the movie Soul, mm. and it John is Baptiste. John Baptiste. And I was thinking human. Summer of. Yeah, it's Stephen Colbert's uh, musical director, and if you haven't listened to the album We Are, you should. It is absolutely fantastic. That makes sense. He's a genius. He went to Juilliard. He's like incredibly talented. (laughs) Uh, Question number two is medical mission accomplished. In 1896, an order of nuns known as the Daughters of Charity began a mission to care for patients with leprosy in the United States. Within five years, in what year were they able to happily abandon that mission? In other news that year, a pope died a dictator was put on trial, and a major U.S. ally elected its first female head of state. We elected an answer, and I'm cool with it. I have no idea, to be honest, so we're good. I think Margaret Thatcher was elected in, what, like 79, Neil? Uh, I was thinking that time period. I'm not sure when she was elected. Um, dictator. I can't remember the last time a dictator was put on trial. Um, yeah, me neither. I mean, if you think it's 79, that makes sense for Thatcher. Uh, Falcon, uh, that was 80. Yeah, it was early 80s. I, yeah. I feel like I saw something recently where Thatcher was elected in seven, late 70s, 78, 79. Um, so, yeah, as my, my thoughts would be 1979, unless you got your gut has been better than, than me tonight. Um, so I don't know if you have any any thoughts. No, let's go. Let's go. Seventy nine. I I can't come up with anything better, and it sounds like the right time period. Uh, we All guessed right. very close. We said nineteen eighty. Okay, um, you're you're off by about two popes. Uh, <laughs> the pope that died was John Paul II. The dictator that put was put on trial was Saddam Hussein, and Angela Merkel was elected in Germany in two thousand and five. Wow. So much much later than you'd expect us to get rid of leprosy, essentially, in the U.S. Okay, question number three. Certainly not the last. Warren Robinette was the creator of the Atari game Adventure. What feature did he include so that we remember his name? We can lock in. Would that just be like, uh, like an Easter egg? Could be. Like the first uh, Easter egg, I believe, right? Sure. Yeah, um, this is a big plot point in Ready Player One. Talks about uh, Robinette uh, creating the first Easter egg. That's what we said. And 
being the oldest out of the group, I remember finding that little dot and bringing his name up. Warren Robinette made the first Easter egg. Yeah, I remember the thing. <laughs> <laughs> there is one thing. Okay, question number four. Not a Christmas song. One stat that's measured in the Billboard Hot 100 is how far a song may drop to fall out of the list. A single artist holds the record for the two longest drops to fall out of the top 100 from number four to off the list and number eight to off the list. Who is it? The hint is in both cases, this was a reappearance of the song on the list after a long absence. Uh, the part that's not a hint is Christmas or holiday music is excluded from their, their uh, calculations on this. So all I want for Christmas is you is not it. And there is a large hint if you guys want. Yes. Oh yeah. The large hint is in both cases, this happened in 2016 after the death of the performer. All right. And we are going to go ahead and lock in here. Uh, 2016. I'm just trying to think of artists that died around that time. Or no, 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 2017. This will help. You're a sports person. When did the Eagles win the Super Bowl with Nick Foles? 2017? That's hurt. That's hurtful, first of all, as a Patriots fan, for you to be asking me that question. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so that was, what year is this? 2020. <laughs> I have to I just Two, have to do this stuff. Uh, yeah. I know. Listen, you youngsters. Back in mm-hmm. back in my day, the Patriots were thought of as like what you think of the Cleveland Browns today. That's what that's what the Patriots yeah, were. Well, you've only um, had fifteen good years. Yeah, so it's some time yeah. to turn no, around. 20, yeah. 22, don't, don't ask him. Twenty-two. Come on. Um, yeah, I think seventeen was the year of the, of the Eagles Super Bowl. Okay, so if that was the year of the Eagles Super Bowl, that would have been uh, the first year or the, the Super Bowl that was at Minnesota Stadium. The new mm-hmm. one. What are you guys getting to? Which He's, Justin Timberlake was the headliner for and was a tribute to Prince. He was who trying died to get in, to Prince. Who and died in 2016. The whole thing was to yeah. get to Prince. And I, just, um, I was thinking Prince as well. Uh, you know, like Prince died in 2016, I think. You're, I think okay. you're right. I just, that entire diatribe so. is what it's like when doves cry. <laughs> yes. And, and everyone in the studio. <laughs> yeah. Well, I needed, I needed to talk to my teammate because I didn't know if that was the year that that was the Super Bowl. Yeah, okay, we got that. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, okay, so that is true. Then yes, well, well, I think Prince died in 2016, and he's the only guess I'm coming up with. So let's go with Prince. I don't remember Prince being that early. Um, I remember David Bowie passing away, and I think that was a few years prior to Prince. So we said David Bowie. The real tragedy of this is that it's a pre- purely an audio medium, so there's no way to put Matt's facial expression as Neil went through all this to land on the correct answer. It was Prince. <laughs> Of course. See, everyone listening is going to feel my pain. You guys just, you know, busting my balls over here (laughs) trying to answer a question. (laughs) Good deal. Question number five. The hint is it's not the new Rangers stadium. What is the third oldest stadium in Major League Baseball? I should say third oldest still in use. So it's not Wrigley and Fenway. Those are one and two, right? I'm pretty sure it's Dodger Stadium. Um Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's got to be. I'm trying to the old other old ones are like Philadelphia's got a new stadium, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, all these places have new stadiums. I, I'm almost positive it's Dodger Stadium. At, at any rate, we just guessed Wrigley. Yeah, Wrigley is the second oldest. Fenway is the oldest, and 1962 actually is Dodger Stadium. Dang. And and opening some months after Dodger Stadium was Angel Stadium. 
which would be the fourth. So Dodger Stadium is the right answer. Well, it seems uh, Nurture is nurturing their score to what, Matt? Yeah, it's up to 88 points, uh, trailing just by three to Ken and Jeff's nature of 91. We're not getting nurtured by our, our uh, studio mates here, though, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> you can feel the, feel the love, Neil. Feel the love. <laughs> it's tough love, and it's bringing you back. It's proving the you point. Know what, you know what? You made it there. It was a long, long and winding road, but you made it. As Cheryl okay. Crow said. Every day is a winding road. With Neil Fisher. So question number six, no stunt doubles needed. The use of a real-time computer graphics engine to create a cinematic production is known as what? Examples using this technique include red versus blue and a law-abiding engineer. So I know what you're talking about, but I don't necessarily know um, the term for this. Do you? I, no. do, I do not, know. We'll say uh, OVA, which is usually an original video animation, but uh, that's what we're going to go with. Do you have any idea in this one, Mark? I mean, I have a guess I, that's, I think, wrong, but... I feel like you're a film guy. I, I don't. I mean, I think it's some sort of animation, like they said. Um, but I, in terms of techniques, that's not something I'm familiar with. Uh, we're just going to say, uh, it might be too simple an answer, we're just going to say motion capture. Yeah, this is um, this is like when you're playing a game and recording the screen, and so what you're actually playing is what's being recorded. But what what is the official answer? The official answer is machinima. Okay. Mm, okay. I think I've heard yeah, that red, once or twice. Yeah, red versus blue is probably sort of the classic example using the, the Halo engine. Now, that is not the same as the medical procedure that you recently had, Neil. That was a machine <laughs> enema, right? Machine enema? That is correct. You know, a minute ago, Neil's gut was good. Apparently, now he needs medical attention? <laughs> Neil always needs medical attention. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Okay. Question number seven is the joys of childhood. What toy, which was part of the inaugural 1998 class inducted into the Toy Hall of Fame, was first produced in 1913, marketed with the phrase, the quote-unquote, structural steel and electromechanical builder? Oh, yeah. That's my guess. Yeah. All right. We are locked in. Uh, I, it's it's an older... It came in a, a box. It's it was... A rector set was what I was thinking. A rector set? Yeah. yeah, that's what I was it, thinking, Erector set. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking Connects initially, but that's too new. Yep. Yeah, this is what Neil is sometimes a film uh, director of. We said the Erector set. <laughs> You're not allowed to see those movies. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the Erector set is what you buy uh, on the other side of the counter at the gas station. You have to I order from name Hims. Of, uh, it's the name of Matt's uh, porn film. Yay. So, anyway, the answer is Erector set. Oh. Yay. After all that. <laughs> number eight this Glad is a before and after <laughs> okay so number eight is a before and after stan getz gave up the saxophone to play this nominally european u-shaped sausage and greatly increased the popularity of a brazilian musical style derived from the samba i think we can lock in yeah the only thing that's coming to my head which i know is incorrect is uh there's a jazz drumming style um, derived from Afro-Cuban. Uh, one of my favorite drummers did, but I, I doubt that's it. He was saying saxophonist. So, um, um, so Brazilian music styles, isn't there a Roomba or 
I don't know what else. Flamenco. Flamenco, samba, Roomba, Roombo. Roombo? No, wait, now I'm a Roomba. Sorry. I just used the Roomba earlier. That's why it's in my head. Roomba. Yeah. It's there's something like that too. Brazil I know flamenco is Brazilian. Let's go flamenco. Um, it's but not it's an before and after, right? Like, but there's isn't it? It's a before and after, right? So, like, the first part of it is the instrument, and then the second part would be the musical style, right? So something. Oh, flamenco, I didn't catch that. Okay, you know, like flim flam flamenco or something. <laughs> flim flamenco. <laughs> but, um, oh yeah, maybe flim flamenco. I don't know. Is that is a, fl- a flim flam something that's a? It could be. I guess. I don't think it's a sausage. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think so. I've never either. eaten a flim flam. Okay, so uh, we're kind of at a loss here, but uh, we think flamenco is part of it. So we're just going to say it's the flim flamenco. Flim flam. Flim flam. I happen to love Stan Getz. And um, if you had listened to our Cowboy Bebop bonus episode, I mentioned the other father of this particular genre, uh, Carlos Antonio Jobim. I believe this is Bossa Nova. So, Kiel Bossa Nova. Oh. There you go. Yeah, the U-shaped sausage is a Polska kielbasa, so it's Polska kielbasa nova. That's a very impressive get, you guys. It's, it's an impressive Figured. gets. <laughs> <laughs> I retract my statement. <laughs> well, I can work the girl from Ipanema in there somehow. <laughs> yeah, I don't actually know the words to that. I know the rhythm, but... Number nine is Great Speeches. What three nouns finish this speech given in 1962 by Douglas MacArthur? I was actually at the Academy. The long gray line has never failed us. Were you to do so? A million ghosts in olive drab, in brown cocky, in blue and gray would rise from their white crosses, thundering those magic words. Boat. Boats, boats, boats. <laughs> I have no idea, so. I, I can't think of things, that, statements that make sense that are three nouns. Yeah. So we're going to say boats, boats, boats. Right. I mean, I'm thinking this has to do, you say the academy, but I think it would be, it's West Point. MacArthur right. was was in the army. Um, so I don't know what the, the only thing I can think of is like, what's the, what's the, mil, what's West Point's like motto um, or the army's motto that has three nouns. Um and the first thing, just, yeah, bo- I don't think boats, <laughs> they don't have boats in the army, I don't think. Um, you know, like the Marines, I have Semper Fi, and I, I, my dad's a Latin teacher, but I speak no Latin. But I was like, six Emperor Tyrannus, like, is that, I have no idea what that means. Yeah, it's not the Sounds few, like the motto. proud. Um, yeah, that's the Marines. I was just thinking, um, like, uh, thundering those magic words. I, initially, I was thinking, like, charge, cry, something, like, cry war or something, but they're all now or all verbs. So. Yeah, they're not nouns. Charge could be a noun as well. I suppose, yeah. Damn it? Yeah. A charge. Mm-hmm. Oh. You put a char- charge in your rifle. Um, I stand correct. And I was thinking, like, but duty, duty, honor, but th- those aren't nouns. I duty, honor. So. Duty, duty honor, and honor country. are both nouns. Oh, they are. Okay. Duty, honor, duty, honor, country. Mm-hmm. Let's do that. There you go. All right. Do, I don't recommend that you duty honor country. Though. <laughs> <laughs> I guess in a way. And we said boats, boats, boats. You said boats, boats, boats. 
Um, well, the, the clue is that it was given at the academy, and the motto of the academy it would be uh, the, thundering those magic words: "Duty, honor, country." Wow! Whoa! So nicely done. Teamwork. That was a reservoir answer, and you know it. <laughs> That's why this is my last episode of Triviality. It's been a good run. <laughs> He's, what, what was that door slamming that we just heard? Yeah. It's like, sorry, we're closed. <laughs> Next words out of Neil's mouth should be, well, I'm back. <laughs> so. Question number 10 is the next big thing. The first issue of ESPN the magazine, which was released in 1998, featured a cover titled Next. On this cover were four athletes projected to star in their sport, one from each of the big four sports. Name two. Two bonus points for naming the others. So I think for our answers, we're going to lock in with uh, Peyton Manning and Kobe Bryant. And then um, for... The bonus points, um, Alex Rodriguez for baseball, and we'll go with Niels Martin to Martin Brodeur for hockey. Marty. As much as I'd love to say uh, for football, like, you know, Ryan Lee for Tim Couch, we did go with Peyton Manning. Uh, and then we went with Yaromir Yager as our other ones. And then for our, our guesses, we just went Frank Thomas. And is that Steve Nash? Yeah. Eesh. <laughs> okay. <Shut> up, <laughs> Well, we do get to give out some points here. The four are Kobe Bryant, Alex Rodriguez, Eric Lindros, and the football one I think was nigh impossible. It's Cordell Stewart. Mm, oh, wow. Really? Slash. Yeah. So no points for us, though. So after a, lo a lengthy deliberation, we have decided to award Team Mark and Neil two points for naming... Alex Rodriguez is one of their bonuses, bringing their total to 110. I believe that's Team Nurture. Team Nurture. We have nurtured their score up two more points. And Nature? Nature going into the final. So we have a one-point game, unprecedented, and it never happened before, which is the same thing. It's 110 to 110. <laughs> I believe those are synonyms, yes. Yeah, we're great at this. It's 110 to 111. Uh, Team Nature with a very, very slim one-point lead. Going into the final, uh, before we get to that final, you thought we would skip it today, but no, you have to hear about Patreon. Jeff. Oh, I thought we were talking about Neil's book again. Thank God. All right. So <laughs> if you want to support the show financially, you can do so directly at patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast, where we have bonus episodes and many, many other great perks for you uh, in exchange for your support. And uh, we couldn't be more grateful for our patrons. We have two joining us on today's episode, and the show really wouldn't be possible without you all. So from the bottom of our hearts, thanks. We appreciate it very much. Now, let's get on to that final round. What are our categories today? So ha happy to support you guys. The final round, the categories are sports and leisure, entertainment, history, geography, and science. All right, all the wagers are locked in and all the points will be on the board. So let's get those Except final. For one. Oh, yes. They're all... <laughs> well, spoilers. <laughs> spoilers. Guaranteed not to get shut out. So we will see how this goes. Let's get those final questions. Okay, in sports and leisure, the category is they were there at the start. In what now defunct league could you find the Anaheim Amigos, the Minnesota Muskies, and the Dallas Chaparrales? Uh, the question entertainment, 
is Escape the Pedestrian, which Cosmo Sheldrake song, which gained fame as part of an Apple ad campaign, was described by Rolling Stone as, quote, a strange song, a little like if Alt-J recruited a marching band and wrote their lyrics right after reading Alice in Wonderland or Winnie the Pooh. The hint is this was recently covered by the acapella group Pentatonics. In history, look to the sky. Which group of pilots in World War II were known as the Red-Tailed Angels? In geography, road trip. What U.S. state capital, according to Google Maps, is a drive of 849 miles from St. Louis, 794 miles from Dallas, and 748 miles from Las Vegas? And in science, this is life lessons. Although it applies to much of life, the GIGO law is most often associated with computer science. What does GIGO, G-I-G-O, stand for? All right, we'll think about these. We'll be right back. Everybody, shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. Calling all kids in the car. Brittany and Meredith here from the chart-topping Family Road Trip Trivia podcast. Are you dreading another silent car ride with the fam? We've got the cure. Three rounds of fresh trivia every single week. Movies, music, even science and Disney. We've got something for every trivia buff in the car. No more crickets chirping on those long journeys. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast is your secret weapon for connecting and laughing with kids of all ages, teens, toddlers, adults, it doesn't matter. Spark their curiosity and challenge their brains with every episode. New episodes drop weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into epic adventures. And we are back with our answers. Uh, Let's have the questions one more time and see how we did. I'm a little nervous. Jeff, what do you think? We'll see. All right, we'll see. Okay, in, and in Matt sports is and... rooting for a one to nothing game. <laughs> there we go. That would be unique, unprecedented, and it's never happened before. Correct. <laughs> Scorgami. Uh, in sports and leisure, they were there at the start. In what now defunct league could you find the Anaheim Amigos, the Minnesota Muskies, and the Dallas Chaparrals? Uh, no clue, and we didn't wager on it, so we said slam ball. <laughs> Everyone's favorite. Uh, Yeah, the the only name that sounded familiar to me was the Dallas Chaparrals, and I think they were part of the North American Soccer League in the 70s. That's what we said, the NASL, for 30 points. Uh, They're actually from the ABA, the American Mm -hmm. Basketball Association, that then folded into the NBA. They were their teams that didn't make the transition. Okay. 
Good start for inter- us by staying. <laughs> in uh, entertainment, Escape the Pedestrian, which Cosmo Sheldrake song, which gained fame as part of an Apple ad campaign, was described by Rolling Stone as a strange song, a little like if Alt-J recruited a marching band and wrote their lyrics right after reading Alice in Wonderland or Winnie the Pooh. The hint is this was recently covered by the acapella group Pentatonix. We are looking for a song title here. Yes, sir. All right. We have no idea. We've never heard of any of these things, and we said down the rabbit hole. Mark, uh, you said you chose me probably poorly today, unfortunately, but you chose me uh, for TikTok knowledge, which I didn't think I was going to be able to help out with. But I think I've seen the TikTok with Pentatonix singing this, and we just said, come along. Well, another way to say is escape, escape the pedestrian would be run away from the humdrum. The song is come along. Wow. So we lost 25 there. Uh, in history, look to the sky. Which group of pilots in World War II were known as the Red-Tailed Angels? Um, what did we bet here? 25 again? Mm-hmm. And we said the Tuskegee Airmen. Uh, Neil knew that the Red Tails were from uh, a movie, and I knew that they were the Tuskegee Airmen for 20 points. Yep. It is the Tuskegee Airmen. In geography, road trip. What U.S. capital is a drive of 849 miles from St. Louis, 794 miles from Dallas, and 748 miles from Las Vegas? All right, this is the one we went big on for 30. And uh, my best guess would be Denver, Colorado. Yeah, I, I thought Denver was a little bit close to St. Louis, but I could be wrong. We were we thought perhaps there was some game theory was the Idaho host. Um, so we said Boise. Or 30 points. For 30 points, yeah. yeah. You you gotta take a look at how big those western states are. Uh, Denver is a long way from St. Louis. It is Denver, Colorado. But Boise's a nice place. You guys should visit. <laughs> how would you know? <laughs> <laughs> I've been there once, twice, a hundred thousand times, something like that. Yeah. And in science, life lessons. Although it applies to much of life, the GIGO law is most often associated with computer science. What does GIGO, G-I-G-O, stand for? And we bet 30 on this one as well. And Jeff said? Yep, this also describes my diet. Uh, garbage in, garbage out. <laughs> yeah, this is... Insert this... Matt's porn video joke here, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically, we bet zero points on the one that we felt the best about. Uh, garbage in, garbage out for zero points. That is correct. You win zero points because it is garbage in, garbage out. <laughs> All right. After tabulating those scores, we did have a very good game today in Nature versus Nurture. But it looks like Nature wins out. Uh, Nurture coming up with 100 points. But today's cream of the crop is Jeff and Ken with 171 to 100. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. Doctor? 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 I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the school doctor. As as am I. (laughs) Chris, well hosted. Excellent game. Thank you very much for uh, coming on today. Oh, you're welcome. I'm sorry that uh, some of those were a little tougher than I thought. Oh, that was great. The, great question. The crop, the crop was uh, very, very helpful in playtesting. I got. Uh, they usually are. Well, yes, they're much smarter some, than us too. Yeah. So they dumber, dumber playtesters. We we've said it before. <laughs> we'll say it again. Well, and it's funny because you get you get playtest responses from six different people, and they all say, "Well, this is impossible, but this is easy." And then the next guy has it completely backwards. Yeah. Well, this is easy and this is impossible. So, And uh, Mark, anyway. it was a blow-for-blow blow game, uh, total bloodbath, and uh, you're a great companion to Neil there. Um, thanks for the great game. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. I'm 
I'm going to hang my head in uh, shame. We're going to go back to the bench warmers of missing all these sports questions. It's no terrible. Shame, no shame. You know how um, that goes? Just It's four yes. on four, and someone just sneaks it into the net, you know, in OT. That's just how it goes. So, or would you exactly. prefer a three, three-pointer buzzer beater? I don't know what, yeah. what metaphor you want what here. sports analogy? Split the wickets. <laughs> what, what is two, that, two, uh, cricket? That's a cricket reference. Two strikes, two down. It's a don't put the fastball over mm-hmm. the middle of the plate. All right. Well, any final words from you, Mark? Uh, no, a great game, uh, Chris. Um, very well written. Um, thanks for having me on. Um, that was uh, a lot of fun, even though we got a lot of questions wrong. Neil, <laughs> <laughs> thank, you for, thank you for your gut, even though I talked to you out of a couple at the beginning. Um, but yeah, that was a lot of fun. I'd like to yeah, just say uh, thanks for a great game. And thanks again to Chris for uh, presenting this great game. Any final words from you besides uh, your assessment of what this is on my back? <laughs> I'll send you the bill. All right. So anyway, hey, thank you guys very much for having me on. This is this is an absolute blast, and you guys are just a, a joy to work with. And hopefully uh, my name will come up in the rotation at some point. Uh, but And keep keep up the good work. Thank you very much, and we surely will. And or, or as best as we can, right, Neil? As best as we can. And uh, we'll have you take a look at Neil's back too, and decide if that is in fact a tattoo or just a uh, some sort of papule sort of scabies. Yeah. And that'll do it for today for my co-hosts Jeff, Neil, and Matt. I'm Ken, and that was Triviality. As as Ken and I did, Geyer and Gimbal in the Wabe. We do Geyer and Gimbal on occasion, but only on the weekends, and only ever in the Wabe. Uh, how how slithy were those toves? Just Ooh. out of curiosity, Jeff's toves are more slithy than mine. <laughs>